0: and welcome to an interview with podcast series from the social investment business. I'm Nick, and today I'm talking to Simon Tucker, CEO of the Young Foundation. Hi, Simon. Hi. Can you start by briefly telling us a little bit about the Young Foundation and what the organization aims to achieve?
1: The Young Foundation is a center for social innovation. We try and bring together insights, innovation, and entrepreneurship to tackle social problems. And we've been going in slightly different guises for 55 years now. The heart of what we do is creating new social ventures to tackle social problems that are not being adequately met. Uh, But we also now run social venture funds that support other people's social ventures and uh, conduct research looking at how to more effectively innovate, what methods can be used to solve social problems, and also advising the public sector on how to nurture and invest in innovation.
0: There's definitely been an increase over the past few months in references to civil society, big society, mutuals, cooperatives Mm. and so on. How well do you feel politicians understand social enterprise and social
1: entrepreneurs? Well, at a high level I think they have quite a good understanding and I think they've cottoned on to the fact that if we really want to be able to innovate to solve the problems we face, which we definitely need to do, with major challenges ahead such as ageing population, rise of long-term medical conditions, climate change, etc. Then we need to have ideas for how to solve those problems coming in from all different directions, not just formulated by A small group of very smart civil servants at the top, but developed by frontline workers, by people in communities, by anyone who has a great idea. And we also need to have ways to turn those ideas into practice and to scale them up. And social enterprise, social entrepreneurship is one way of of doing that. Whether they understand the practicalities of how you do that, I think is a little less clear. It's pretty hard to do at a time of massive cuts because actually to build up a vibrant marketplace of social ventures of one kind or another that can deliver public services or public benefit services, you do need to invest in in creating those markets and putting in place the ecosystem of support to help new ventures get off the ground, from accelerator and incubator programmes through to capacity building, the right kind of capital, as well as intelligent commissioning, not just on the basis of lowest possible price, but recognising that we need to give social enterprises enough surpluses to be able to reinvest, to grow and to innovate and and so on. Although I think there's very strong support for big society type stuff in the current, government there is also an impatience to do it right now at the same time as cutting costs massively and those things are not necessarily always compatible.
0: The NHS reform debate has become quite heated recently, uh, specifically around plans to open up opportunities for more and different types of providers and to get involved in the NHS. How do you think social enterprises and innovators can allay people's fears about their involvement in delivering those services?
1: Well I think the first thing is that we need to look at the quality of services being delivered and I'd much rather have a very high quality service delivered by a social enterprise or even a private business than a very poor quality service delivered by a public body. But I think people are right to be a bit nervous of giving services to profit-maximising organisations. As we've seen with care homes, that can often end up uh, in situations where organisations are being sucked dry of all their spare resources and capital and the users, the patients suffer ultimately. The advantage of social enterprises in their various forms is they tend to have governance arrangements and safeguards in place and community involvement that can prevent or make it harder for these kinds of unethical practices. But not always. Social enterprise covers a very wide range of organisations. Do you
0: have a favourite example from the Young Foundation's work of empowering an NHS worker to act as a social entrepreneur?
1: Um, my favourite example is Bernadette Porter, who is a, a multiple sclerosis nurse consultant at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neuroscience, so that's the country's leading hospital dealing with MS patients. She had an idea for a telehealth venture that was trying to get off the the ground for many, many years with nominal support from her board and management, but never the time in reality to to even write a business plan, let alone do anything more. We've worked with her for a number of years and with the hospital and have bought out some of her time in the early days to write the plan. We provided um, support to her to, to write the business case and do the impact assessment and and so on and then we've worked alongside her and people in the hospital going up to quite senior level to turn this into a business unit within the hospital with the aim of this becoming a social enterprise in the near future and one of the exciting most exciting things for us is it's been very hard to work with the hospital because the hospital is very big and this starts off as a very small venture run by a nurse and traditionally nurses have not had that much influence in the health service compared to doctors or even managers and this model actually cannibalizes the income streams of the hospital as a whole so actually they lose out initially but the exciting thing is they're staying the course and they're still supporting this because they believe in the long term this has such huge potential both in terms of health outcomes and actually revenue streams what
0: do you see as the biggest barriers faced by social entrepreneurs uh, trying to bring that idea to market
1: Well, the biggest barrier is there aren't very many effective markets. Now, there's a lot of focus on bringing capital in to invest in social enterprises, but not nearly enough focus on what the revenue streams are going to be. Most social enterprises operate in markets where the public sector is the only or the main paying customer. And those public sector markets are not very transparent or effective or national So the biggest barrier, I think, is getting over all the idiosyncrasies we have in the market, from commissioners who prefer their own pet projects, to ones that prefer to commission big stuff rather than little things, to ones that reject innovation because um, it tends to be not particularly good value for money when it starts out because it hasn't been run for a long time or the kings haven't been evened out, etc. So there's all these barriers that social entrepreneurs have got to get over um, that don't exist in many more commercial markets. But at the same time, they've really got to understand complex social problems uh, and how to interface with the public sector.
0: There are some high-profile
1: success stories
0: like Divine Chocolate and Turning Point. Um, mm what needs to happen for more successful social enterprises to be able to scale up their operations and compete with other national businesses?
1: Well, as you say, we've got very, very few examples of social enterprises that have scaled. We now have some large social enterprises, but they've almost all spun out of the public sector, being large from the beginning. Uh, and I wonder if we don't focus too much, actually, on scaling up. When you're dealing with most social problems, there aren't that many economies of scale to be had. So I'm not sure it always makes sense to, to scale up. And perhaps we should be focusing a bit more on spread rather than scale, on building up a larger number of social enterprises that are big enough that they can exist on a sustainable, stable basis, uh, but are not mega in size. And I suspect the private sector is the best place to be if you are above a certain size because of the easier access to capital.
0: And you recently took over as CEO of the Young Foundation. What are you most excited about?
1: I think we have a really exciting portfolio of work and I think I'm taking over uh, at a time where the Young Foundation has been going for five years. And when we started, social innovation was a term that no one really used. And now everyone is using it. Social enterprise and social entrepreneurship has a slightly longer history in terms of usage of the word, but not that much longer. So the field is very much maturing. There are a lot more people working in this area. There's a lot more scope to learn from each other. There's a whole set of intermediaries. There's a much larger group of successful social enterprises. There's a huge amount we can all learn from each other rather than ploughing our own furrows.
0: So that's it. Now we've come to the quick fire question round. That's the serious bit dumb. So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and you just say what your preference is.
1: Okay. Online or offline? Offline.
0: North or south? South. Young or old? Young. Snooker or darts?
1: Dear. <laughs> Snooker.
0: Policy or practice? Practice. And tea or Coffee. Coffee. So that concludes our interview with Simon Tucker. Thanks very much for speaking to us today. Thank you. Don't forget to check out our website, www.thesocialinvestmentbusiness.org forward slash an interview with and our Twitter at thesocialinvest for the next instalment. And you can find out more about the Young Foundation at www.youngfoundation.org or follow them on Twitter at the underscore young underscore FDN.